This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show where we explore the intricacies of love and connections. I'm your host, Laura Bellata, founder of singleinthecity.ca. This show is all about finding ways to improve romantic relationships And today we'll be looking at how we can stop weaponizing emotions for deeper connections. And joining me this week to chat about this are Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill, who have turned their personal journey from a painful and disconnected marriage into a program and set of tools to help guide couples toward a level of safety and deep joy in their relationships. And through the connection codes, They are empowering couples to build stronger, more fulfilling connections by understanding and harnessing the power of emotions. And tonight we're going to be looking at the weaponizing of emotions, how we can process these to form stronger connections, and the impact that they have on a fulfilling sex life. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Well, let's dive in. Uh, Welcome the two of you. How's it going? Wow. Well, thank you so much. You know, what I love about your show is the fact that you're talking to people before they are in a spot like we are 40 years in, right? You're trying to get to the very beginning, which we always now say we wish we'd have had these tools when we were dating, because we would have kept ourselves from going down such a painful road for many years into our married life. And A lot of it is just understanding emotion, which we had no knowledge of. And and so, you know, even using the term weaponizing emotion, it's like, wow, when we were dating, you always put your best foot first and you look your best. At the beginning. At the beginning. And you hold it together. And, you know, we we work with tons of couples and that are now married. And it's so often where they say, I didn't know this about him. I didn't know this about her. And it's like, whoa, what was happening with you guys when you were dating that these things were not on the forefront where you guys weren't connecting deeply, authentically. And so that's kind of part of our journey. And even the tools that we have now uh, are all about that. Like, how can you show up authentically in a dating relationship right away because i think we don't feel safe right away and and depending on how we're meeting the people especially um so it's it is tricky and then eventually maybe not at first but eventually we do weaponize emotions and cause a lot of damage yeah so let's talk about that dr glenn do you want to explain what it means to weaponize emotions in a relationship well for most people what emotions are used as weapons uh, and we always say that emotions are supposed to be used as tools but a tool very quickly can become a weapon is a hammer a tool or a weapon well it depends on what you do with it mm. is a chainsaw a tool or a weapon well it depends on what you do with it so these emotions which are firing all the the time and that, that's what we now know uh just the last 15 20 years this isn't theory or just a philosophy anymore we now know that the human brain fires emotion there are five regions in the brain that are housed in the limbic system that fire emotion for all of us we don't get to choose uh my partner for many years thought that she got to choose and she just opted out so we had no idea how to and i was i looked very emotional but i didn't know anything about emotion i didn't know what to do with it and so she was always overwhelmed for many years she would say oh glenn has enough emotion for both of us i don't do emotion uh because she was just getting stuff done and of course we married young had babies young and so she was busy 
we are women. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it involves exploiting somebody's feelings and their emotional attachments to achieve personal gain, right? Something like that. And things like I'm thinking things like let's talk about them, uh, guilt tripping, maybe gaslighting somebody, ignoring them for days. I have a, a friend that does that. It's not the right thing to do. I, I, I wouldn't be able to ignore someone for a few days, but people do that. So let's talk about some of the other ways that we manipulate people. Yeah, well, I want to get before that, Laura, because the reason people do things like gaslighting or whatever you know you were referencing is because they don't know what to do with their own emotions. Okay. They're not doing that necessarily because they're bad people. They're just flooded with emotion. We now know that the limbic system engages before the cortexes do. The cortexes are where the executive functions of the brain occur. And so I'm presenting as a dumber version of myself, not because I'm dumb, but because my limbic system is flooded and I can't think straight. You'll hear people say that. They'll say, I was so upset I couldn't think straight. That is scientifically accurate. That's exactly what happens. Mm -hmm. And when my limbic system is flooded, I present as a lesser, a dumber version of myself. And then Phyllis doesn't know what to do with me. And again, that was our story literally for decades. Uh, she was overwhelmed with me every day because I had so many emotions, but I didn't know what to do with them. And then they became weapons that I used against her. And uh, again, whatever that result is going to be, there's no telling. Uh, because once people are flooded, they behave very poorly. Yeah. And when I think of weaponizing, I think of a need for attention to ensure that, I don't know, the person remains the center of their partner's attention, even if it means creating drama or conflict. Um, I also think of desire for control and using emotions as weapons to have a sense of control over the other person's actions and decisions. And um, I and I think earlier I had mentioned the example of being ignored. Um, you may not want your partner to ignore you, or uh, so so you give in, knowing that you may not agree with their actions. Um, are there other ways, though, that people resort to weaponizing their emotions that we can talk about? Well, you know, part of it, I think even backing up a little bit to realize we are trying to protect ourselves. Mm. So oftentimes people are misunderstood or we have labels for people where we think they're just bad people. And when you kind of break it down, you're like, whoa, you are trying to protect yourself. And this is what the result is. This is how it comes out mm -hmm. against your friends, your partner, your business, you know, your all the relationships and it's kind of like wow you can when you back it up and realize this person doesn't feel heard they don't feel seen and so they explode and that's part of it too that with emotion when we don't understand uh how to identify our own core emotion how to what we call process which is just a verbal acknowledgement whoa i am i am feeling sad and then to have a partner or be in relationship with people who can make space for your sad. And, you know, just there's so many really practical tools and how to get before it ever turns into a weapon by by understanding emotion, by understanding how it fires in the brain, by being able to identify it for yourself so that you can communicate it 
Because too often we are assuming we know what that other person is going through. Yeah, and typically we end up analyzing the result, not realizing that there's a cause. For example, we even label people. We say, oh, well, that's a narcissist. Oh, well, uh, she's gaslighting. He's gaslighting. And so we label the behavior that's at the end. Well, I want to know what happened before. So, and especially as a connection coder, we don't pathologize humans. I don't use labels for yeah. I want to know what's happening before that led to this very bad result. I'm not agreeing with the bad result. I'm not agreeing uh, with the bad behavior, but something pushed that. All human behavior is pushed by emotion. Yeah, I agree with that too. So a lot of this comes from past traumas. They have past wounds that they didn't deal with. um, And then they use emotional manipulation as a defense mechanism to protect themselves from being hurt again. Is that correct? Absolutely. Insane, yeah. so. Okay. Before the break, though, what are some other ways that people weaponize emotions? Again, simply not knowing how to use it. Simply not knowing. But for example, if I feel hurt by Phyllis now, because I'm a connection coder, I'm just going to say to her, babe, I felt hurt. I felt wounded by what you said. I'm not even blaming her. Uh, she may literally have been doing something kind and good, and I felt hurt uh, by it. But we are so uh, fluent in the language of emotion now that I'm just able to say to her, I felt hurt. Uh, we use what we call the three phrases, which are, ooh, what's happening? I missed it. And Phyllis would say that to me, literally. She'd go, oh, wait, what, what happened? What did I miss? Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to tell her how I felt wounded. Not blaming her. Uh, I'm not weaponizing it against her to say, well, you hurt me. And we don't even frame it that way. I just say, I felt hurt. I did. I wasn't trying to feel pain. I just felt some pain. Uh, and so I'm able to convey that to her. And when we use the three phrases, we're able to draw to each other and meet the need because that's what emotions are doing is telling us what the need is uh, in our life. Stay with us, guys. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we return, we're going to dive deeper into process emotions and fostering emotional intelligence. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta. We're back with Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill exploring the impact of emotions on relationships. And um, before the break, I just wanted to, you know, take a deeper dive into the question I had asked about examples of weaponizing emotions. Can you guys give me some examples like I know gaslighting may be one of them because some people at home may be going well I kind of get it but I don't really just for those people who don't really get it yeah and again as I reference for me if I felt and we've just been connection coders for a few years now so the vast majority of our relationship we had no idea how to connect how to mm. process emotion so 30 years ago if I felt hurt by Phyllis uh, I wouldn't say a word to her she would say something I felt wounded and so then I just wouldn't talk to her for three days. Well, of course, this poor woman is mm. saying, what the heck is happening here? Where did he go? Uh, he's, he's still here geographically. He's in the house, but he won't even talk to me. Uh, when I walk in the room, he exits uh, the room. And so now it looks like she's the bad one. But in reality, all that happened was I felt some wounding. I felt some hurt. And again, now we're literally able to process through these things in 30 seconds. We used to not be able to process through it in three days or three weeks, which stuns me the difference. 
I think also uh, something that's common is that you hold it together. You hold it inside. Whatever's bothering you, you just hold it in. And eventually you blow up and mm. the blow up may look really different. You know, sometimes it's yelling and screaming um, and the, the your partner is like really caught off guard because they weren't aware that you were holding all this inside. Right. And so that is part of a of a weapon. When you hold it all in for days, or even some people hold it in for weeks, and then they blow up. You know, we even have this term. You, you, well, you've got an anger issue. Actually, they just don't even know. How, that's go way before that. Like they don't know how to just in a daily basis process what's happening for them. And so that is when it feels like a weapon. Like oh man, every I never know when it's coming, but man, I know at some point he or she's just going to blow up, and then I'm going to find out what all they're bothered by. And that feels like a weapon, and it's never meant to be that way. We need to learn to tune in every day and then be able to have that relationship where we can express our pain and our fear and our guilt and anger all in the moment of the day and not hold them for days or weeks and sometimes months and then blow up. Now, yeah. remember that book, though, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. We are told that men are just different and they process things differently and that when they get angry or upset, they need to go into their little cave to process. And it's, I don't know, that book almost normalized it for men. What do you have to say about that? Well, that's incredible. That does drive me crazy. When a guy needs to take off for a few days to process, it just, it leaves me feeling empty and what mm -hmm. the heck is going exactly. on. Mm -hmm. And it triggers me. And I'm sure it triggers a lot of people. So mm -hmm. what do you have to say about that? Well, what we're doing there is training humans, and whether it's male or female, but we're training males especially to be unhealthy and dysfunctional. Because, and the reason we know that is because if you watch a baby, and I don't doubt that there are some differences between males and females, but a one-year-old male baby operates the same as a one-year-old female baby. They convey authentically at the core vulnerably all the time. And we're, there's no birthday where that's supposed to change. Congratulations, Laura, you turned five. Now we want you to stop experiencing what you're experiencing. We want you to shut up about it. So we don't say those words, mm. but we actually do those actions, unfortunately. And we teach people, and I do think men are worse off in this culture in that regard than women typically. So we teach men just to shut the hell up, just to stop conveying what's real for you. Our heroes are uh, men like James Bond and Clint Eastwood and John Wayne, who are incredibly dysfunctional, incredibly unhealthy. But we say, oh, that's a man's man. That's a real man. No, it's not. James Bond's the most dysfunctional guy on the planet. <laughs> Thank and I love you. Thank you very Bond. much. I like yeah, what you're I, saying. I've seen all James Bond movies at least three times. I love them all except the Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but that's a very dysfunctional uh, human, but mm -hmm. we don't know our psyche doesn't know that. So we go and watch this movie and we're like, whoa, that's cool. And then we end up starting to act more and more like whoever James Bond. And it's so unhealthy. So we're swimming upstream, unfortunately, because we're going against culture to train men and women because there's plenty of women that struggle with this, too. Uh, and to train them to be able to convey authentically. Because again, there's no birthday where this changes. It doesn't mm -hmm. make sense to say, congratulations, you're 10. No longer be an authentic version of yourself. Now we want you to fake it. Uh, but that's what we're conveying to people is we want them to fake it. And people are even trained. And we admire people who are not affected by other people's uh, behavior. 
that we're not, and again, I'm not talking about keying people's cars or burning their houses down, but if I feel hurt by fellas, I have the right to experience what I experience, and I have the right to convey that experience. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell her the core emotion. I'm not going to be mean to her, and I'm not going to shut down and pull away from her for three days. I'm literally in the moment. As soon as it happens, which is how we're coded to function, I'm literally in the moment just going to go, oh, wow, I felt some pain there because emotional pain and physical pain, the brain doesn't distinguish the difference. So if I step on a nail, I'm not supposed to see how much of it I can absorb and wait for an hour and a half before I say, ow, you, we would think something was wrong with Laura. It's like, Laura, you have a nail in your foot. And you're like, well, yeah, I've been busy, so I'm not going to say ow yet. It, no, that means something's wrong with her if she's not saying ow instantly. And she, hopefully she'll scream and cuss a little bit because she has a freaking nail in her foot. And for us to admire that and go, that's amazing. Laura walked around for six mm. hours with a nail in her foot, didn't say a word. That's not good. That's bad. That's unhealthy. That's un that's unhuman and it's dysfunctional. But that's what people are doing in their relationships. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> How do emotions then play a role in shaping our behavior and interactions in a relationship? Well, all human behavior is driven by emotion. If you just analyze it, you'll start seeing that, oh, okay, somewhere back there. And we live in a very complex society, so it's a little bit difficult to see it sometimes. But human behavior is driven by emotion. And if we can tune in, and that's the reason the connection codes were developed. Now, the connection codes, the connection codes are the human condition. They're just the human behavior. We didn't invent that. We, we discovered the coding of how uh, we can function uh, at, at, in deep relationship. But uh, we just have to learn how to, uh, and, and well, I should I'll throw Phyllis under the bus. She was so bad at this. She was a very <laughs> difficult case study, and I adore her. But uh, about 10 years ago, her body broke down. She literally just broke down. She couldn't function anymore. She stopped sleeping for six days, which you're not supposed to do. Mm. Uh, and so she had no idea that these emotions, and she's a very powerful uh, person. She ran an incredible company. Uh, just amazing. Everybody wanted her on their committees and their projects because she is a powerhouse, but she did not recognize that these emotions are real and they're storing up in your body. They go somewhere. The body keeps the score. And if you do want to process the core emotions, it will come out somewhere. It's different for each human. Uh, we have a mounting body of evidence now that uh, debilitating illnesses, the vast majority of them are facilitated or perhaps even caused by unprocessed emotion, which is stunning uh, to think that there's any uh, efficacy to those studies, but there are. It's amazing. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it's interesting because from my childhood on, I mm. was taught how to be incredibly uh, productive. And that was very valued in my family. A lot of discipline, a lot of productivity, not much sitting around. And so mm. I very quickly and at a young age learned that there's no space in all of this for emotion. And that's what I chose, not knowing the damage I was doing to my body. And yes, I got a ton done and was able to really look impressive from the outside, but I did not know how to deal with uh, things that happen in life. You know? And the, the death of my mom was what tipped me over in into a place I couldn't get back out of. No amount of productivity would change what was happening in that moment. And so then I had to learn that all about emotion and that it was firing in my brain all the time. And I was actually less 
because I wasn't processing mm. my emotions. Like we should harness the energy that comes from emotion, but we don't know how to do that. And so instead we weaponize, we are destructive in our emotion. We try to put them away, get rid of them. And that is actually exhausting and doesn't lead us to the full life that we can have in the relationships that we can have. Thank you uh, for that. Uh, I also went through grief uh, very recently. I'm still going through grief. Uh, it's probably why I look like this today. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, we'll chat about that when we come back. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Bellotta, and we're continuing our conversation with Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill on the power of emotional processing in relationships. Uh, before the break, uh, we were talking about paying attention to our emotions. I think it's important to pay attention to our emotions. I just I went through a death in the family. I'm still processing the grief. But when I was, for the first three or four weeks, it was, my emotions were very intense. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was going through something really tough because I was paying attention to my body, right? Um, mm -hmm the physical sensations that, uh, you know, accompany my emotions. I had tense muscles. I had a racing heart. I had a constant knot in my stomach. Um, I wasn't hungry. I wasn't really sleeping. I just felt this intense stress. Mm -hmm. What are um, some practical steps to identify and process our emotions effectively when we are going through something? Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Laura. You know, I, for me, when my mom was dying is when all of a sudden my world kind of tipped into a place I could not get back to. And I was running a, a large company at the time and all of that was coming at me. And I, I would say to Glenn, I don't have time to be sad. And that was really like, I was trying to shelf it. I was trying to put it somewhere else for the moment. Like I'll grieve eventually, I'll deal with this eventually. And my body said, no, you won't. And no, you can't, it's now. And Glenn was doing all this research at the time. And so then he brought it to me like, babe, your brain is firing sad. You ignoring it is not working. Mm. It's not gonna work. Mm -hmm. That's why my body was shutting down in other ways. So for me, that was the first time in my life. And at that point I was almost 50 years old. And I was like, this is mind blowing to me. Like mm. I've been able to, what I thought was controlling my emotions. I thought that I was controlling them all this time. Mm. I had no idea they were actually not something you can control. They fire and we've got to tune in. And, and we've just developed a really practical tool. We call it the core emotion wheel. Mm. And it is such a powerful tool. And I, in all of this, I kept saying to Glenn, I'm not going to do the research. I'm not going to read the books. I went cliff notes on everything. And I got, you got to teach this to me in just a few minutes. That's all I can give you on this. And so everything that we've developed in our tools is for that kind of person. Like our tool of the core mission wheel takes two minutes for yourself to do two minutes, two minutes to slow down and go, what's happening with me? And then you go through the eight core emotions and you identify what right now is my sad? What is my fear? 
what is my anger what is my guilt and my shame and my lonely and my sad and my hurt that's all eight Mm. and for me it became this daily ritual this daily exercise that was so foreign to me i could not even i would go Oh my word, I do not even know. And anger, I've even now, 10 years later, <laughs> went through with my therapist at the beginning of the year with this major thing of, I don't do anger. And anger is such a driver. Like it's crazy that I've been able to run marathons without to really tapping into my anger. It's really kind of crazy because you got to, you got to tap into that. And I was so afraid of anger because in my childhood, anger was violent. And so I unbeknownst to me had put it in a category of that is black and terrifying and i'm not Mm -hmm. going to tune into that well that's not healthy so i was storing all this anger so i had to deal with that with my therapist at the beginning of the year and it's like wow that's so amazing that even after all this work i've done i was missing on just core level anger and there's core level and secondary most people have secondary anger especially in relationship where there's something under it sad lonely hurt fear there's something under that but we just call it anger but really it's secondary core level anger is powerful it's a driver it's really what gets things done and that's why when you're running marathons you need to tap into that you need to tap into that core level anger that's how change comes about yeah so for my difficult case study known as my wife Mm. uh she's a babe make it simple (laughs) i'm not going to read a bunch of books i'm not going to do a bunch of research Mm -mm. make it simple and so we designed the connection codes with the idea of it being very, very simple, implementable, mm-hmm. directional. We want people to know what to do next. Yep. And most people, again, and with relationships, with emotion, are just lost. Uh, they have no idea what to do next. So the core emotion wheel is designed, as Phyllis said, to be two minutes. You do it every day. Uh, if it's two people, it would take four minutes, uh, two minutes each. And you're just retraining your brain. We call it retraining because you did it well when you were 12 months old. You knew the emotions and you were authentic. You presented yourself authentically, vulnerably. So we're just retraining people, reactivating it for them. So they're able to recognize the eight core emotions, convey those very concisely. Mm-hmm. That's the reason it's two minutes. And so this, this is not a 35 minute, you know, lecture, uh, which I'm good at, by the way. I mean, you know, Phyllis, 20, 30 years ago, would ask me how I'm doing, but she might as well sit down because it's going to be an hour of me, you know, just going on and on about how I'm doing. And of course, she didn't have time to do that, because mm-hmm. especially once we had children, she's busy. Then she started a company. She built it. She didn't have time to say, hey, babe, how you doing? And it's going to be a 45 minute uh, you know, response. So for somebody like me that talks too much, it helps me to be concise so that I can tell her in one or two sentences what's happening with me. And our goal is to train people's emotional muscle for real time so that this afternoon I'm able to recognize what's happening with me and convey it to her concisely. We do the core emotion wheel experience, that exercise over and over again uh, to help people get back in tune with what's happening for them at the core uh, vulnerably. Now, is that an exercise that helps couples enhance their emotional connection? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, can you share some strategies to develop a higher level of emotional intelligence within a partnership? Well, you know, even that, remember how earlier we were saying there's all these terms, 
you know, just like gaslighting, sometimes people know what that means, sometimes they don't, you know, emotional intelligence, like what does that even mean? And it almost sounds kind of like you need to go back to school and get a degree in it to even get there, right? And if if the, if your listeners are anything like me, they're like, I want results, but I don't have time to read a book on this or take a course or whatever. And so emotional honesty actually gives you emotional intelligence. It's the it's the language of your birth. It is simple in the sense of there's only eight. There's five regions of the brain. One of them is a pain region that we break down into three, which is the lonely, sad, and hurt because they fire so differently yeah. on a brain scan. And but it's not any more complicated than that. But it the com the the challenge is if you're like me, where it's like I never I thought we could opt out, and I had opted out my until I was about 50. So if you're anything like me, you're like, I don't know how to tune in mm. to myself at all. And often, if you've already seen the therapist, they may have given you uh, what they call an emotional wheel that has about 150 words on it. That's so overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, that seems so complicated. But if you think there's only five regions mm. and eight core emotions, you go, okay, I can deal with eight yeah words no matter what your language is you know like it can it can be interpreted into any language and everyone gets it fear the word fear in every language on this planet people understand fear there's it's not complicated and so it's incredible to become emotionally intelligent by simply tuning into yourself at the core and then being able to communicate it with your partner right so practically to get people to do the core emotion wheel every day and if and they'll do it every day for 90 days, they will be emotionally intelligent. It's but amazing. what about tuning in with your partner as well? Like having that open communication, actively Absolutely. listening to your partner when they're speaking to you and instead yes. of yes. speaking over them. Oh you know, my I, sometimes mm -hmm. my partner says that to me and and yeah. like, and I'll stop and go, you know what? You're, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm not a lot because maybe I get angry and then I, I just don't let him speak. <laughs> and yeah. he has to say, well, I'm just going to shut down if you don't let me talk. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I stop and think, okay, yeah, I need to just let him speak. Um, mm -hmm. Being more empathetic with each other and checking in regularly to, to see, you know, to discuss your feelings and your experiences. I just mm -hmm. feel like, there is a lack of communication in relationships. And I feel like it's a detriment to relationships because people aren't talking about mm -hmm. their feelings or emotions or what bothers them. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the core mission wheel. I mean, a four minute exercise when you each take two minutes and you get the rules, right? Like there's very specific rules that we give, even in how to be an, a good listener. Mm -hmm. So, you know, part of the reason we wrote a book, part of the reason we have a masterclass is because there's more to it than mm -hmm. what we could cover in one conversation. Mm -hmm. As far as, yeah, you got to understand how to be a really good listener. We want to be fixers. We want mm -hmm. to give advice. We want to immediately jump in and go, oh, I, you know, my day was worse than yours. We kind of do this comparison thing versus, and that's one of the things when you do the core motion wheel, your partner is supposed to what we call ooh, which is an audible response of, oh, yeah. And it simply says, I'm here. I'm tuned in. I'm hearing you but I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm not mm. going to fix you. I'm not mm. going to give you advice unless you ask me for it. I'm just going to make space. It's all about making space for the other person's emotional experience. Mm. 
I'm not going to defend myself. If Glenn shares that he, that he felt hurt by me, I'm not going to defend. Well, I didn't mean to hurt you. Nope. There's no defense. I'm just going to hear his hurt and I'm going to tune in and I'm going to go, Ooh, babe, what's happening with hurt? What did I miss? Mm-hmm. And, and it, I, and it's not because I'm a horrible person. It's because his experience in that moment triggered the hurt region of his brain. And so I want him to tell me. And it doesn't even mean I need to change something about my behavior. It's just being aware and making space to hear him. That is so huge. So often we miss each other with little things. One of the other tools that we teach is the why versus what happens. So often we go, well, why did you think that? Why did you do that? Well, that just puts the other person on defense. They feel like you're coming after them and they've got to come up with the perfect answer. Where if you go, what's happening with you? That's like an invitation. I want to know what's happening. Mm. Take out why. That's one of the things we teach. Don't ask why. Ask what happens. And then you'll get a completely different response from your partner. We need to take a quick break. When we return, we'll discuss the intriguing intersection of emotions and dynamic sexuality. Also want to talk about the ego, self-esteem and ego. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. We are back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellata, your host, and joining us are Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill. And um, we're going to continue our conversation. In a little bit, we're going to dive into the connection between emotions and dynamic sexual connections. But first, um, in the last segment, you were talking about an exercise that couples can use to enhance their emotional connection. Can you demonstrate the core emotion wheel that you were talking about for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right. I'm going to go first. Does that sound good? All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Feel a ton of joy about going to the beach Mm -hmm. with you in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Uh, Guilt. Definitely um, felt guilt yesterday when I just tuned out when you were talking to me. Um, Felt some shame in that too, because I know that's really painful when I do that um, to you. Felt um, hurt later when it kind of came up in conversation. And um, I think that we were really missing each other. So kind of felt hurt by your your response in that for sure. Uh, sad, um, definitely felt sad, um, when just talking with my sister today, because this would have been her son's birthday. And so this is always that time of year. That's really hard for my sister since he has passed. Definitely sad there. Um, lonely. Yeah. Lonely hit me earlier today. Um, as I was driving into town, just thinking through all the business stuff that's kind of hanging out there and not getting resolved felt lonely in that um fear i think there is some fear in that just as far as um us being able to get things uh signed and worked Mm -hmm. through in time um definitely feel fear on that one and let me see anger that's always a hard one uh, Mm -hmm. for me i think felt i felt some anger this week with dealing with your mom Mm -hmm. and just how i feel so misunderstood by her Mm -hmm. at times and uh really feel missed in that relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's see for me, um, sadness, just that, uh, you, you know, we're 
doing our private practice is so amazing and just how badly relationships are mm. around the world. I mean, marriage oh, I is that. gone, marriage is done. Yeah. Um, that's just so heartbreaking mm. to see that uh, over and over again. A lot of anger in that, that mm -hmm. we've got to get this message out. We found the cure for relational cancer. Mm. It's just amazing. So I'm really driven uh, for that. Some fear at times that we'll be able to um, be adequate for the task just to, mm -hmm. to, to get it done. Uh, and some shame in that too. I'm so bad at so many different things, just the, mm. the wow. competency. I'm glad we have a good team around this, but whew, I miss a lot of mm. yeah. stuff. Um, I felt guilt yesterday when I missed with you mm. uh, just because I'm supposed to be great at this, uh, which mm. we usually are, but I hate it whenever yeah. I miss uh, with you. And that's just a wow. lot of guilt uh, in, in that. Uh, I did feel hurt when you missed with me uh, mm -hmm. earlier uh, yesterday. Because you're just so valuable to me, you mm. matter so much to me more than anybody else in the world. So mm. I just love it when you're tuned in uh, to me. And then I get hit with loneliness. You know, I'm kind of allergic to wow. hurt. So when yeah. I get hit with hurt, then I feel a lot of loneliness that I'm uh, lost. Mm. Uh, so much joy that we are connection coders, that we know how to do mm. this, and we know how to connect very, very efficiently, yeah. effectively, and a ton of joy that we're going out of mm. town to the beach uh, on Thursday. That's going to be a blast. I just love doing anything going anywhere with mm. you it's so cool very, yeah very special thanks that was absolutely amazing is this a daily ritual oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely okay so at the end of the show we're gonna allow you to share where people can reference the core emotions wheel um but that was amazing and i i think that would be so helpful for so many people but you know as humans it's our it's in our nature to protect our self esteem and our ego and sometimes admitting these things mm. you know you, you feel like it's a blow to your ego or your self image mm. and it's hard for people to be vulnerable mm. but i think in relationships it's important to be vulnerable can you share some strategies very quickly to develop a higher level of emotional intelligence within a partnership yeah, well, macro 30,000 uh, foot view, just we're coded from birth for authenticity, for vulnerability. Every baby on the planet is authentic, is vulnerable. So we are actually designed that way from, from birth, mm. uh, whether you're faith-based or not, that's just the human condition. So the connection codes, the core motion wheel is designed just to help get people back to that original coding to reactivate it. You know, we, we have a masterclass and in module one, mm. we talk about the number one human need mm. for identity, which, you know, that word can be used. I mean, even uh, earlier you used the word uh, ego, like mm. we need to know we matter and that we exist mm. and we can get lost in relationship when all of a sudden we don't feel that mm. we have any significance right. and any significance whatsoever. Mm. And that is where we, even with emotional intelligence, it's like there are certain, some certain things that we just need to be reminded of. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of us were never taught it, but we need to remind each other of the value of that. So when I lose identity in my relationship with Glenn and I can see it and I can identify it and I can tell him, mm -hmm. it changes so much because then he realizes, whoa, I don't want this in my relationship with her. Mm -hmm. And But if I don't ever say anything, why in the world would he ever know? So a lot of it gets back to, I got to tune into me. I have to understand what's happening with me so I can share it with him because he's not going to just guess. There's no, there's no ability to read each other's minds. And so in, in finding out what is, what it is for me. And, you know, sometimes it's interesting, just like with my relationship with my siblings, 
I lose a lot of identity because I'm the youngest, I'm the baby of the family. And so I feel like that position has stayed with me even though I'm 60 years old. And so I lose identity in that. And to be able to communicate that changes the interaction so much. Now, we know that emotional intelligence plays a role in fostering a fulfilling and satisfying sexual connection. Could Mm -hmm. you quickly also, because we don't have much more time, share some tips on how to create an emotionally connected and passionate sex life with a long-term partner? Well, the essence of it, what it boils down to, Laura, if you were at a mall somewhere and some stranger came running up to you and just full frontal hugged you, that would feel really, really odd. You're like, oh, yeah, get off me. But if your your favorite cousin that you haven't seen in two years comes running up and all of a sudden you recognize him and they hug you, well, you have a basis for this hug. You have a basis for this physical connection that's built on top of the emotional connection because you have relationship. That's the exact same thing that's happening in our sexual relationship. If Philip and I are not emotionally connected, we will not have we can have sexual activity i don't care what people do but if we do not have emotional connection we will not have dynamic sexual connection yeah i have to feel safe with glenn and if i'm not able to tell him i feel hurt Mm -hmm. over something or i feel sad then i'm just faking it Mm -hmm. and it's very difficult uh especially as a female in that intimate relationship that deep sexual moment Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable if i am emotionally hurt or emotionally devastated by something he said two days ago it's going to still affect me because my body is storing it. But if I can tell him, I felt really hurt by what you said earlier, then it clears it out of my body. And then my body responds sexually very differently. And it takes us to a much deeper, mm. deeper level because I feel safe with him because I have felt heard by him. He it, And that that's when I can let go and have multiple orgasms. Because I feel so connected to him emotionally, and many of us don't know how to get there. Mm. That's for sure. People walk around angry all the time. We Mm. need to fix our relationships. Well, thank you for joining us on the Dating and Relationship Show. And thank you, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill, uh, for sharing your insights and experiences with us. You guys are a real amazing and inspiring couple, for sure. I can see the love. (laughs) Uh, and you've taught me a few things. I'm definitely going to reference the core emotion reel. Is it on your website? Can you share where to find that? And yeah, if you want to join your webinar or any courses mm-hmm. or any anything at all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if if your listeners go to connectioncodes.co forward slash dating dash and dash relationship show, they will have a special landing page just for your listeners where they can download the core motion wheel. They'll get a video that teaches them how to use it. They'll get the written directions on how to use it. So that's just for your listeners. And then if they do go to our website, connectioncodes.co and just explore and they're interested in any of the master classes, which one of them is about sex, they can put in dating 20 to get 20% off of anything that we have. And I think Glenn mentioned it, that he's got a private practice. He Zooms with people all over the world. We both do. And then we we also have a book, uh, The Connection Codes, that's out there and a podcast of our own. So there's a lot of ways to get a lot of free resources um, through what we do because we do want to make a difference and we do care what's happening in couples and want them to get that emotional uh, connection. And so that's connectioncodes.co. And remember, if you want to keep the conversation going with me, you can find me on TikTok 
and Instagram at official Laura Bellotta. You can also send me an email, laura at singleinthecity.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. Until next week. Ciao.